Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our show today, which is September 23rd, 2020. I'm really excited about our guest today. It's going to be a really uplifting show. His name is Bill Protzman, and he's going to be talking about how music can basically heal you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And he's done some amazing work with um with veterans and you know he's done a lot of volunteer work so i'm just going to bring him on hello there mr bill <laughs> hey miss denise how are you on this we should be counting you know this is the something something day of the since the lockdown <laughs> you know oh gosh just oh, sort gosh. of put it in perspective it's getting uh, better though it is getting better. Yes, people are outside, and um, how, there isn't too much smoke in San Diego right now. How are you up on the the mid coast? Yeah, there's any smoke here here either. It's blue skies. Good, good. Yes, and thoughts and prayers to all the people who are living underneath smoky skies right now, way north of us. I know. I it's know. Uh, it's an interesting world right now. I'll tell you. It it really is. Why don't you tell us how you got started and what it is that you do these days? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, we have a short show, so I'm not going to tell you the long, the long story. But at <laughs> some point, you know, when you sit on the piano bench for a long time and there are lots of people that come by and, and listen, you start to realize that it's really not about you sitting there on the piano bench. And I got really curious at, I don't know, some point in my life, it may have been when I was six years old, maybe when I was playing at Nordstrom, maybe in a recital someplace, what was going on in the audience? What was happening to people out there? Uh, because people respond to music in so many different ways. And uh, right around that same time, there was this explosion of research. started with a guy um, named Campbell. Uh, do you hear, remember the Mozart effect, that whole thing from like the 80s, where yes. there was this thesis, you know, listening to Mozart makes you smarter. So uh, uh-huh. <laughs> that started this slew of research. And, and now we have neuroscience research uh, on music, and we have all kinds of uh, functional MRI data on music. And uh, even before Don Campbell came along, uh, there was a guy named Dr. Oliver Sacks, who's done so many amazing things in so many areas. And music, of course, fascinated him. So all of this science came along to sort of explain what it is that I'd been seeing for so many years at the piano. And it turns out, uh, along with the, the wonderful work done in music therapy, that there's so much that we can do like on our own with the music that we love. 
to make a change, to make positive change. And it's not just changing one thing. It's, it changes everything. Music works on us physically, of course. And obviously emotionally, you like to play happy music or sad music, whatever, you know, to get those feelings going. And then sure. there's the intellectual thing that with Mozart, you know, that Don Campbell was, was investigating and, and how it works on our intellect. And then, of course, it's a spiritual invitation, whether that invitation uh, to you sounds like God or sounds like inspiration. Music works on all four of those things holistically on us. So uh, there's this amazing opportunity we have, you know, here in lockdown, what can you do? You listen to music uh-huh. with intention and let it come in and mm. let, it, let it change any you, type, let it heal you. Any, ty- any type of music? Well, so that's where it gets interesting because the science is that the music we love is our most powerful music. So that's sort of generational. I mean, I, I grew up um, playing classical piano, so I'm sort of an aberration. But around me, my peers in school were listening to Elton John and um, – you know, it was the 60s and 70s and all the richness of rock and roll that was coming out then. Um, jazz was spectacular back then. So whatever was in your lane when you hit teenage years is kind of the music that stays with you. That's your foundational music that you love. And it changes. You know, it evolves over time. I'll hear a new song I've never heard before and I'll just fall in love with it. Uh-huh. And that's the powerful music. I've kind of noticed that. You know, country music talks a lot about love, et cetera, and family and all. But some of the other yeah. genders, they never mention it. <laughs> You're thinking of what, metal and uh, ambient music with no words? The rap, and... Well, the rap, the rap music and, you know. Oh, sure, yeah. On and on. Oh, yeah. The, the words are a different sort of thing. You know, I, I love poetry, too. And you're a writer. You know what it's uh-huh. like to make words that sing, right? So... Yes. The words to me are like a bonus. And sometimes I need them to help guide me into what the music is saying. I'm, I'm a fan of metal, but I'm not a, I, I don't love it the way that some people do. But often um, words, let's say, in, in a really powerful rap that gets into everybody's system somehow, the words are just transportive in, in ways. Um, I'll pick one. It isn't rap, but it's close. So do um, you remember the song Happy that came out for L. Williams not too long ago? It's a, mm, I, I not, think he was on Oprah so with it, but it, it, it went popular in a hurry. It went like viral in a hurry. And the music is happy music. And of course the words are because I'm happy, happy, happy. So it, it, that kind of thing where the words and the music join together for a purpose is so, so powerful for me. And yes, I know for a lot of other people too. You know, yeah, clearly with rap, true. there's a way that you need the words, right? That's what it's all about. The poetry of the words is yeah. there to help guide you on this journey. So, uh, yeah, and your preference is, is completely yours. It's, it's so amazing to be able to show up in front of a room of people and say, so I think of the song that you love. Everybody's going to think of a different song. Sure. And that's, that's where we can begin. You know, like right now with the song that you love, let's talk about that. So um, that work of taking you deeply into the music that you already know so well and expanding on what it can do for you is just a beautiful opportunity. We all have that opportunity right now. So let's talk about your work with the military service. I'm really curious about it. What an incredible place to start. Um, you know, the war has been going on for so long now. And, uh, you know, we have, we have people serving in combat who weren't born when uh, 9-11 happened. 
it's it's crazy to think that. And so there's uh, at, at least one and a partial generation of people who've grown up with this a war on terror sort of hovering around the edges. And of course, with the uh, with the length of the war, something else that's happened unusual for people in the service is they've been deployed multiple times. Uh, used to be maybe you got three tours in Vietnam, you know, but it's six, seven times now for some of our men and women. Oh, I and didn't know that. Not just to, oh yeah, it's 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 relentless, and not much of a break in between. So, oh my gosh. if you happen to be like that, um, the stress is high. It's really phenomenal. And then, of course, add into that just the sort of operational stress, the danger that exists in combat areas, and uh, the unexpected anxiety of a roadside bomb going off. And, of course, if you sustain injuries in that way, whether they're physical, mental, or emotional, um, that just changes everything, too. So a lot of people who are coming back have injuries that we haven't really seen before most of them related to post-traumatic stress and uh, they're not physical. And that whole focus on post-traumatic stress has helped in many ways the, uh, the healing community take a different look at what it's like to be in trauma and to treat it more as a life experience than as a as something that's damaged. Mm-hmm. And so to, to, to jump quickly to the end, we're now talking about post-traumatic growth. which is remarkable for me because when you're working with a veteran who's learning to play the the guitar, for example, it's in Guitars for Vets where I worked for a while, um, you you watch as an individual reconnects with their music or discovers their connection to music for the first time and the lights begin to come on. And the research on it, of course, is that playing the guitar, there's lots of things on this, but playing the guitar can help you reduce the symptoms of post-traumatic stress. And as you do that, um, Why? the thing that's happening is you're starting, to, you're starting to own what happened to you and release the damage from it so that the, the beautiful, it's a tough thing to say about trauma, but so the beautiful uh-huh. lessons of trauma come into your experience and, and you can use them to propel yourself into the next part of your life. Huh. So uh, you asked the question why. So the, the science is, it, it, it's not complicated, yeah, yep. science yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, why with guitars versus yeah, with guitars? the piano or um, versus something else? You know, we have the we have the, the research on guitars because let's face it, they're a lot less expensive than pianos, <laughs> so they're they're less they're more cost effective to employ. Let's let's talk about it that way. Uh, for under hundred dollars, you can give a veteran a lifetime of relief from post traumatic stress, and volunteers, of course, teach the lessons. So you've got as long as you have your guitar, you're there, you're ready to go. And I, I don't want to sound like this is exclusive because they found the same kind of thing happens with MMA. People beat themselves up and then they're able to rap more openly about, um, about the trauma they've been through and that's healing or fly fishing. It's a good thing. Surfing, um, equine therapy. There are lots of modalities that can help a veteran integrate their, uh, their trauma in a way that's helpful instead of damaging. And, and that of course is what music does. Uh, I, I haven't got the holistics on any of the rest of them, but I like to uh-huh. say that there's more than just trauma release happening in the music. Like we talked about a little earlier, you've got the physical motion that helps you develop new motor skills and focusing on something, you know, veterans are very task driven. So 
to focus those skills in on learning to apply your fingers and hands properly to make the sound you want and the rhythm you want. Um, then, of course, there's emotional, which is wonderful because oftentimes, um, and this happens sort of like a regular event, you'll be sitting around with some guys playing the guitar and somebody will pick a song and it just makes everybody weep. It's just the natural effect of music to, to call into the emotions that are deep and let them flow. And that's a really great thing. And then we also talked yeah. about the physical aspect of it too. It's so amazing to, to open to some other new possibility. And, and, and music does that. So uh, the experience of being with guitars for vets was that over and over, you know, repeatedly with men and women learning to do a new skill or revisiting an old one mm-hmm. and beginning to connect to their humanity, I think, is the best way to say it, Denise. Well, know, doesn't it back to rewire being, their brain to a certain extent as well? It does. So as you're learning to do these new habits, you're building new neural pathways that can give you relief. So let's say the trigger comes and it makes me stressed and I grab my guitar and I sit down and I start to play a song, um, whatever my song is, it's some favorite song that I know. So I'm connecting a very positive response to that traumatic trigger. And as that becomes a habit and a practice, I can come to the place where all I need to do to, to really activate my positive response is just remember a little bit of the song and then the physiology takes over. It's instant like that. So that's a really oh, handy intervention because, you know, you're not always able to grab a piano in my case <laughs> and sit down and play. <laughs> that's very true. But, you know, the songs yeah, you I love would, are right there I'd in your head. I'd love to learn so. how to use a guitar. I actually thought about it's, it years it, ago. You know, it's got to be a lot of fun. It's, it's worth it. My fingers don't do that bendy thing for the fretboard the, the way that it would work best. You know, I'm better on the piano than I am on the guitar. But I can yeah. tune one, <laughs> you know. Oh. And uh, the wonderful results of that being with Guitars for Vets was I, I was invited. I'm not a veteran, big military family, but I was invited to play alongside these veterans who formed a band together and um, played for recovery events all over San Diego. And that band is still together, actually. Uh, the leader is making, oh my some, gosh, making an album. Oh, my gosh, that's great. So, that's yeah, and, and our guitarist is plays for the Navy. He's over in Virginia or someplace now, and he's laying guitar tracks, and I'm doing the keys, and our, our, our leader is somewhere up in – Lake Isabella or something, uh, making all the music. So, yeah, it, it just it goes on and on. The threads that music has take us wherever we want to go, you know. It's a big invitation. Have you run across a vet that just couldn't learn it or got too frustrated yes. trying to learn? Oh, yes. You know, like me, it's hard for me to do that left-hand guitar thing. And, yeah, every so often you get somebody who's just like, I can't do this. I, I can't do this in yeah. any way at all. And there is a, 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 a certain amount of, amount of us are, are amusical where we just don't process music the same way as the regular people do. Um, yeah, the brain. And then there's always, you know, there's resistance. And that's totally fine because there's so many ways in now on post-traumatic stress. Um, from EMDR, which is actually very much like um, the motion that we make if we're playing music with two hands, drummers make that left-right thing all the time. So there's so many ways to go that are so intimately related, you know, to, to what it really takes to make this happen. So now what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, you know, COVID has kind of changed my day-to-day. Uh, uh, I, yeah. yeah. But uh, be that as it may, I can still deliver online. And although I've, I haven't been with Guitar Shabbats for years, I do quite a bit of 
instruction. Um, I want to say I'm an educator, but I'm not a piano teacher or a music teacher so much as I am a, I I call myself sort of a life skills teacher, but it's the music modality is what animates that. So if I'm taking a cohort of people for the music care quest or working one-on-one or talking like on a podcast with you or delivering a speech remotely, um, there's so many ways now that we can get out there with the message that we didn't have actually before COVID we were using zoom, but now it's just blown up. So there's so many ways of being able to get there, but here's the magic. If I can, if you can hear my voice, I can touch you in a healing way, Mm -hmm. of course. And that's just because the eardrums, the most sensitive membranes that we have in in our entire bodies are there listening. And if I can make a sound that reaches your eardrums with a positive effect, I'm doing my job. And that might be music, it might be voice, but that's how, you know, everything else has been stripped away. Even video, we don't need it. We can get right to each other by listening. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. I'm just wondering how many, you know, vets are sitting at home with their PSTD and they haven't been able to get any help over you know yes. these past months sadly have you been able have you been many. able to reach any of them have you been able to reach any yes. of them yes uh, the most poignant thing about perhaps all of us today is the um the increase in the number of suicides and that's true in the veteran community too although we have managed to dial it from 22 a day down to 20 a day or some say 16.7 but it, it at least it's trending down but other numbers are trending up and when you see that many people who are just have reached the end of their rope, um, I hear that as a big cry for meaning. What meaning is there in my life? And oftentimes uh, in my experience, if there's, if there's a veteran, especially who's looking for something more than just the day to day, opening up to all of the experience that that person has had in their life in a way that introduces positive meaning, not just post-traumatic stress is a difficult but necessary step. And if there are any veterans out there who are listening right now, um, the last thing that I would, I would say to find great care, and this is going to sound really strange, is to call the VA, but it's also the first thing to do. Because if you do get enrolled in the VA for care, you will have access to programs like Guitars for Vets that can give you non-medical intervention with post-traumatic stress that you can do yourself, right? You don't have to rely on somebody else to give you a med, uh, uh, you know, a talk therapy or drugs or whatever. You can play the guitar like, and give yourself relief. That's the marvelous thing. So if you are a vet and listening, you know, enroll to VA, there are programs and there's so many of them and they're, um, you know, they won't take over your health care. Like some people say, you, you still have your, your rights, you know, to be able to have private health insurance, but the VA can help in that way. And, especially when it comes to crisis intervention. Uh, you know, I, I've been in that place too, and I didn't call the suicide hotline. I used music to intervene. But I know what it's like to be there where there is no meaning and there is no one you want to talk to and there is nothing that you can do. And when I was in that place, music was the thing that saved me. And I, I know that that works from personal experience. You know, and, I've, and I've heard that it works for other people too. So, you know what? It was my service animal that, that 
came and put his head in my lap and kept me from pulling the trigger. So there's so many ways to be able to connect with what we human beings really need, Denise, you know, and what we really need is that meaning in our lives. If it comes from a guitar or a pet or from, you know, hosting Unfortunately, unfortunately with, with our, um, with technology, it's separating people from the social and the emotional aspect because, you know, before the pandemic, you could walk down the street and people would just be staring at their at their cell phones. You know, nobody would yep. wave hi, you know, how are you today, or anything. Yep. So that was, that's a big disconnect right there. And then with the cell phones, everybody texts. It's. Yep. I mean, I don't know how many how many you get per day. I get quite a few, but I miss. I miss the voices. Yes. <laughs> I miss that. And the interaction, right? I mentioned the, um, the music care quest, and that's usually a one-on-one thing, or it can be a complete, you know, do-it-yourself kind of course. But recently I've been taking cohorts through the process, and we spend six weeks together and do a Zoom once a week. And, and what happens in, that, um, in the Zoom is the connection. People get to connect with one another around a task, you know, learning how to use music, um, but the stories that come out and the connections that develop, I mean, it's, it's remarkable to me um, how many friends I've made. Real friends, you know, that you start out at the beginning and it's like, well, you know, how will this come together? And then by week three or four, all of a sudden we're in a place where we're communicating as real human beings about some pretty deep stuff. Uh, music changes us. And, and to be able to share that in a safe place has been that Thank remarkable you. experience that, we can't have, you know, anymore out, with the, out in the world. <laughs> I know. Do you do this every six weeks? I, I'll start a cohort whenever there's one to start. Um, and oh, okay. for the record, this is something that I do uh, at no charge for veterans and first responders because it's, it's, it's just that important right now. So um, yeah. there's no paywall for veterans who want to be a part of it. You can find me online. It's easy to get to. But um, it, it is one of those things where – very shortly, the demand is going to exceed the supply. <laughs> I bet. I want to do it right, you know. And um, doing it right means taking the time and actually being with people. So fortunately, there's a way to go if you're, if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to come out into the world of Zoom, um, you can do it on your own as well. And um, because it's online and gamified and it, it's mentored and there's ways to chat inside the, the quest itself, um, you're not isolated. You're, you have communications ability, but mm. it's a little bit different when you're going through with a team, you know, because the True. team comes out stronger. Yeah, and, and you know, let's face it, the, the Zoom virtual world is a bit different also. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. Uh, oh, I, we finished off one of the quests um, we started July 4th and finished whatever, six weeks later. And, and uh, I got off of the last Zoom call and I felt this amazing um, kind of release. I hadn't felt that kind of release um, away from the piano. Like when you perform for somebody and then the concert's over, oftentimes I'll just, you know, leave the stage and just sob to let it all go. And uh, it was that kind of a wonderful feeling from what the people that were in the quest had offered to me, just as they were going through their process, I just felt overwhelmed oh, and completely great. grateful. 
and it had that same effect. And I thought, wow, if this can happen on Zoom, um, why do I need this giant piano thank, sitting beside Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank goodness, right? Thank goodness. True, right? It was very affirming, and it was surprising. You know, I didn't expect it that, but there it was. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. So I, um, how, I mean, I, you said something I have to ask you about because, um, yeah. because I'm so curious. Do you mind? Sure. I, I want to talk no, about no. rap music. So um, okay. tell me, and, and, you know, don't be afraid of, of whatever you're feeling about it because we all are entitled to our feelings about any kind of music we like. But what are your feelings about rap, Denise? Because I'm curious. Well, you know, I've, I've had limited exposure to it, but what I have right, had... It's very negative. Didn't find it uplifting at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to confess that was my response too, you know, when it was new. I, I don't know. I guess I became uh-huh. aware of rap in the 80s or something. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think it's so popular? I mean, I'm just – because there's a whole lot of people that you know, are completely taken with hip-hop. I know, I know. Don't have an answer for it. I've, I've thought a lot about you know, that because it's you know generational. I guess maybe they own it because you know it's in their generation. I don't know. I'm. Um, when did it come out? I, I'm, when did it first come out? Well, you know the history is sort of out of my wheelhouse, but there's always been spoken word music. Uh, the Beatniks were doing it in the '60s, but. I think that rap is sort of the next evolution of of jazz in a way. Not that it's jazzed in, as a genre, but that it's taking that improvisational um, instrument-based music to a spoken word-based music where people who are good at it can literally improvise rap on the spot. It's called freestyling. And I've listened to some of that. It blows me away. It's it's like Coltrane all over again, and um, and yeah, the words are hard to take. You know, I agree with you. It's 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 angry music. Um, yeah, it's probably there are some a good very tender definition. rap, yeah, but it's for the most part, it's serving a need that's um, it's sort of helping to release some pressure. I think for people who don't have any other way to release it. And, you know, giving a voice to a lot of things that need to be spoken in a safe way. But it's hard. I mean, it's, good, it's difficult yeah, to hear it's, that stuff. It's a good, yeah, it's, it's a good analysis, actually. I always wonder what the next thing is going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see the studies like people who are happy after listening to metal and I understand how that can happen. It's not the music that makes me happy, but I get the release, you know, that emotional uh-huh. release that I was talking about. I get that. And if, if metal's your thing, if perhaps your thing, whatever brings you to that place, that's a great place. You know, whatever brings you there, provided it doesn't hurt people or break things, um, yeah. you know, do that is, is kind of my, my I mean, place. There, there's, no question, there's no question that music moves people physically and mentally and emotionally. Um, And this is kind of going back into history. But back during 
World War II with the Nazis, etc. Yeah. They didn't want people to have music. Yep. Not the general population, I don't believe. You can control people, um, you know, with music. Uh-huh. And, you know, li- listening to anything that, I mean, somebody will write the history on this someday, but I suspect that quite a bit of like Black Lives Matter or maybe the Civil Rights Movement has been heavily inflected by music. And um, let's oh. talk about We Shall Overcome, which is, you know, a great song. And I can see how suppressing that music might have been a command and control thing for the Nazis, whatever there was going on over there. Uh-huh. Didn't live during that time, can't tell you what it was, but yes, I've yeah, read that. And I you don't use either. music to uh, remember Manuel Noriega. Uh, yes. Music is what got him to come out of the, the cathedral in Panama City and surrender. And um, they use music in psyops, like when they're you know, trying to break people during. Uh, questioning uh-huh. i hate to say torture but uh-huh. i know that some music yeah. can feel like torture sometimes <laughs> right right yeah so you know it goes both but then on the on the flip side of that um one of the most remarkable things that's occurred over and over again in life is when uh, remember the earthquake in haiti and it was just it devastated the, the most oh, of the of island course, and of course it, it was uh-huh. terrible but out of that um, there came a new kind of music and people celebrating, literally dancing in the streets with nothing else to look forward to, to this music. And, um, and, and it was the musicians that sort of helped people get back on their feet. Same in New, in, uh, new Orleans, Louisiana, after the big hurricane wiped out the city. It was New Orleans brass bands that got back out on the streets and helped people find their joy, you know in the second line. And then the most, oh, the most amazing one for me was when um, the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris was on fire. And you could watch on CNN people standing in the streets singing. You know, when there's nothing else you can do, you can make music. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, it, it was, that it was so moving. Yeah, it was so moving. And, Did they rebuild um, that place? I, I, you know, it's a good question. I haven't checked recently. I, met, I imagine they have. They were working on it when the fire started, you know, doing normal repairs. But we've always gone to music. Um, any of our great uh, memorials that have taken place are always full of music. Um, there's that amazing song that was written to sort of, uh, I guess, get us through the sadness of World War One, or maybe it was two, in between um, the Adagio for Strings by Samuel Barber has become a fixture of every famous funeral. And uh, it was even in, was it Apocalypse Now? One of the Vietnam movies had that beautiful uh, melody in it. So, yeah, music has always been there, sort of in the background. But when you recognize that it's there, it really comes in and helps to sustain you through difficult, difficulty or fear or anger. Uh, the music can help modulate the feelings so that they don't wind up being damaging. And they are more like, uh-huh. they, they flow through, you know, in a, in a much easier way rather than getting stuck. Yeah. Um, on a side note, I was just told that um, the French president um, approved a reconstruction plan for the cathedral, 
But oh, beautiful. Um, the work the work won't even begin until what? Oh, 2021. Wow. So they're waiting for COVID or whatever they need. Yeah, I guess. That's heartening to know. What a beautiful place. But they want to rebuild it's been it. been a long time. They want to rebuild it the Good. same, exactly the same. Yeah. Good. Oh, hooray. <laughs> so when there's nothing <laughs> else, there's music, right? But when nothing else is, is around us, we have music. Um, we talked about um, just touched on some patriotic stuff. And with all of the crazy that's happening in America right now, uh-huh. patriotic music is tough to play. It, and it's tough to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's all of the culture that is around these iconic songs that we all grew up with or love or were sort of foisted on us in some cases that have become symbolic of, uh, well, I can't think of the Star Spangled Banner now without thinking of, Co- of Kaepernick taking a knee. And how do you process that? You know, especially if I have to play it. And he said, somebody asked me to play the Star Spangled Banner at a meeting once, and I'm like, okay, no problem. But I come with all that baggage, right? Oh. So it's not just me playing the song anymore. It's me thinking about what it means to be, you know, what, what about police brutality? How do we deal with civil rights? What, you know, all of that is swirling around this music now for me, which is just so crazy. And on a simpler note, uh, we all know taps, same notes as charge. And we haven't been hearing a whole lot of charge without any pro sports going on these days. And we've been hearing a lot more about taps. So I don't know. That, I, I wonder the, if the uh, NFL will will ever recover. It's hard no, to say. And, and with concussions, we have the military to thank for this too because we know a great deal more about um, CPE, what they call it, but um, the impact of uh, traumatic brain injury on people thanks to our experience in the war on terror is much more clear now. Uh-huh. And... Um, the science about how to deal with that, the neuroscience about how to deal with that is very encouraging too. Building new neural pathways. The brain's great at this. And music, of course, is one of the ways that we can practice building new neurological pathways if we need oh. to. Whether you're a victim of stroke or TBI, you can do it. Oh. You know how stroke people can sing, but they often cannot speak clearly. Um, we have the same thing with True. stutterers. People who stutter when they speak can sing beautifully. <laughs> and then you think, why? Well, they have neural pathways that allow them the musical connection. Huh. Oh, yeah. The science is fascinating. It is. I, I've never understood, um, you know, very, very young children that, that can, for instance, sit down at the piano and play the most amazing pieces. <laughs> True. What a gift. I mean, very, very young they're just like, what? <laughs> yes. I was they, never how that. How can they thankfully. have that kind of a skill? How can they have that kind of skill at such a very, very young age? I, I don't think anybody can really explain it. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful to see. The, uh, the doctor I mentioned, Dr. Oliver Sacks, has written about some of that uh, polymaths and folks who are just amazingly talented for no apparent reason. Uh, it's marvelous. And, of course, now that we have the Internet, we know a great deal more about them. Like this kid uh-huh. from the Philippines, I think, who uh, is an amazing jazz piano player, self-taught. Uh, he's played in, at the Lincoln Center with Wynton Marsalis and the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra. I think he's 15 now. And uh, What an incredible talent. And, and 
we know about him. I mean, back in the day, you'd never would have known. Uh-huh. We know, and now he's able to come to the world and make this contribution that will be, you know, marvelous in music. You know, maybe the next Oscar Peterson, maybe better. Who knows? So yeah. Do you think? Do you incredible. think they? Do Do you think, say, uh, um, a child at fifteen, that is so extraordinary in that respect, would be in others, other ways, as also. You know, it's hard to know, Denise. I, I have not met I I many kids yeah, like that. I don't know. Um, I can yeah. say, though, as an artist, and um, I know for many artists, that just being in the world as an artist is difficult enough. But add on to that fame, and if you're good, um, you know, money and everything goes along with having amazing skill. And it's tough to be in that place. I mean, we all know uh, Michael Jackson is a good example of that. He's an incredible kid who didn't get a childhood and um, gave us all this amazing music and ultimately couldn't hold it all together. It just, it, it was overwhelming. Uh-huh. And that's sad, but true. Well, when you miss, and, when you, when you miss that developmental stage, it's pretty tough. It is. It is. Cause you're you saw doing him your as work. An adult, you're and he, you know, you, you, you saw him as a, as an adult and he still wanted to be a child. Yeah. Even at you know thirty, forty years old, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how it was for Mozart, but I suspect it was probably similar. You know, it's it's almost a blessing to not have that much talent. <laughs> you, you have a much more normal life, you know, as kind of a working musician. You would if you were at the top of your game at ten years old, or starting uh-huh. up the the ladder at ten years old. Yeah, so for the rest of us, you know. <laughs> We have Spotify. We we can listen to the <laughs> to the stuff that that helps us out. So there there is, to be honest about um, Don Campbell, there is truth to the fact that music can change our intellect, and it's pretty obvious. But um, it's worth mentioning because you know that wonderful dance beat that we all love, and that's in pop music has always been, gets us moving and sure. not thinking quite so sure. much. So. If you go into a bar or into a dance hall, uh, they're not going to be playing Mozart these days. And the reason for that is because we want to we give you the adrenaline boost that comes from that big bass drum, right? We want that heartbeat happening right now. The stuff that's in EDM, we want to get you moving and not thinking. So pretty tough to do your math homework if you're, in a, if you're, if you're in listening to house music. It's just a wrong physiology because the music is telling your body to fight, flight, or free, That's and what right. your head needs to do is focus, <laughs> right? <laughs> so take the adrenaline out of your study, people, and, and use some music that doesn't spark up adrenaline. Use some music, and also use music that doesn't put you to sleep. So what is that? Well, that's the invitation. What is it that does that for you? What is it that makes you think? Um, in Japan, they make a practice out of playing intellectually stimulating music during exams, master's level exams. Because you want to do well on the, on the test, why wouldn't you play music that gives you a boost? And I think that's just marvelous. So uh, learn what your music is. And, and if you're feeling like jumping around, that's not your thinking music. <laughs> if you're going to sleep, that's not your thinking music. You know, it's true. time to be a music hunter. <laughs> Find out what does it for you. Yeah. And there's this wonderful uh, work out of Denmark where they have actually recorded with professional musicians and scientists and everything else, 
music that is prescribed so you can go and get it at the pharmacy for a healing purpose. And oh, as marvelous uh-huh. as that is, I, I tend to think, you know what, people, you know, for me and for Denise, rap is not our healing music. But there are probably right. people in the world where rap or hip-hop is their go-to when they need solace. Yeah. And I would just, I'd be so wrong of me to say to anyone, no, you must listen to this song if you want to be healed. It just, it's, it's way overreach. The music True. you love is the stuff that's going to be healing for you. So how can I tell you what you love? That's silly. You know? <laughs> right. I can ask yeah. you and we can from there, but I can't come in and say, oh, Denise, you must love hip-hop now. <laughs> <It wouldn't work. laughs> oh, gosh. So we do a lot of listening as musicians. And um, if people are on the path and they want to take the deep dive, they're pretty willing to talk about their music and to think about what it's doing for them. Uh-huh. And, he, and that comes in right at the heart. I mean, when you're listening to something you love, you know it because you love it. And the heart responds first, not the organ, the heart, but the heart center, that part of you that connects emotionally. I love this music. You've got to hear this. That's what happens. And in that place, there, there's some work. That, there's work can get done there. You know, it's kind of interesting because when, when I was in college, um, there was a, a class. It was a dance communication class. And I thought, what in the world are we going to be doing with this? <laughs> and, and as what it happened? turns out, well, as it turns out, we would have these um, workshops where literally the instructor told us to dance around the room <laughs> and just okay. think about stuff. didn't matter what it was, just think about it. And we were listening to the music that she was playing. And I kept thinking, well, this is going to be liberating. But then again, you're, you're kind of self-conscious, right? <laughs> you don't want to Truly, bump yes. into anybody. I mean, it was, it was wild. And basically, she was telling us that they use dance therapy to help disabled people as well. Makes sense, sure. So how did you feel after, you know, dancing around the room improvisationally for well, a while? Yeah, I mean, we, we did those, I think we did a total of three of those work, workshops. The rest of it was, you know, all study um, the uh, human body and uh you know, different ways we communicate and all of that and being tested and all that. Um, well, I remember it to this day. So, obviously, it, uh, it, it was had impactful. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't call what I did anything near that, but for two or three sessions, I went, me, not a dancer at all, um, I went to this, I guess you could call it a dance workshop, but basically it was just a whole bunch of people um, dancing around for three hours. <laughs> and that's, that's it, was rem- it was remarkably liberating after you got over your self-consciousness. Right. And it felt good. And it was facilitated. I mean, there was a, I guess you'd call her a dance instructor who was there, but it was the most amazing experience because I'd never done anything like that. So I guess I can kind of relate to what the experience you had in college, which I wish uh-huh. I'd had because I, I needed PE credit and the only dance class I could get, the only class for <laughs> PE I could get was a dance class. Imagine me doing like Ballet 101. 
Yeah, well, oh, you know, I had to fill my schedule up with something. Yep. <laughs> so that's yep. what it ended up being. <laughs> uh, and, hey, you still remember the experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't remember anything else I took in college, but ballet is going to always be with me. <laughs> scary as that sounds. <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, you learn to go with uh-huh. it, you know, just and especially during COVID. So the remarkable thing about having everything taken away from us is that that's kind of what human beings do. I mean, we're, we're here to take that journey. We're here to go on the heroic journey over and over and over again. And, and um, COVID is giving us a reminder, I think, that we got to be good at it. And uh-huh. every little song has that heroic journey built right in. Every piece of music, it starts out in one place and it takes you to another. And that's, that's the, the heroic journey, writ small, but you can practice that and you can teach your teach yourself how to take that journey well. And so even when COVID comes along, you're in a place uh-huh. where you're prepared. You've done the, you've practiced ahead of time. You're ready to do it. Now, nothing like COVID has ever happened before. And I'll tell you what, it's been really rough for me. I've had so many heroic journeys, really deep ones. Um, thanks yes. to COVID. And I don't mind the deepening because I know it's a process now, but I'll tell you what, even for me, it's terrifying sometimes and scary and depressing. It's all the stuff we don't want to feel, but it's always a journey. It doesn't ever stop. You know, it's not just a giant decline into the blackness. Uh-huh. I know that the part of the decline in the blackness is that it will be a rise after that. So I welcome the opportunity to go deep because music is there for me. You know, music can guide me through that. And it does. Have you and written? Have you written music at all? I have. Um, a lot of what I play is improvisational. In fact, I had an album drop yesterday, so there's a brand new album out there. Anybody that wants some ambient music to sort of reinvestigate all the chakras, it's there. But uh, actually, okay, written and, down uh, music. Tell, tell the listeners where uh, where is that? Tell the listeners where is that? So uh, when you drop an album these days, it goes to everywhere. So iTunes and Google Music, I think, or um, Spotify, it just gets distributed so widely. So if you search for Bill Protzman on Spotify or any of your favorite music players, you'll find it. And it has okay. some really boring name, like Natural Chakra Ambience at 432 hertz. I mean, seriously, that's, that's the name. <laughs> okay. So you'll know it when you see it. There's a couple other albums out there, too, but that one is, is the one that just dropped, and... Um, I was just oh, listening to it this my, afternoon. Yeah, like, hey, my curiosity, I have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, check it out. I'll totally, I'll there totally check it out. There are two more, too. I, I, I would love that. Yeah, take a listen. It's, it's work, uh, music to do work by. So if you're doing inner work, uh, hopefully you'll find it supportive for that. I don't know if it's music to yoga by or not. I haven't heard any feedback on that yet. Okay. But it's certainly there, you know, all of the, all of the tonalities on an instrument are tied into various different chakras, at least the seven basic ones, the seven notes in the scale, seven chakras, seven different colors in the rainbow. So, um, you know, it's all there to give people who are into that kind of a thing. And I am uh, new tools to be able to play around with stuff, you know, and use music as a, as a, a guide in that way. So there's that one, two well, more coming out in the same kind of, um, that's great. Same kind of purpose. Yeah. Well, why Good don't stuff. you um, spell spell your? You have a website. 
Oh, yes. So um, easy way to find okay, me. Kill the you can spell Protzman. Yeah. You can find us. But, of course, BillProtzman.com, and that'll take you everywhere. But the easy one to remember, because my name's complicated, is quest.musiccare.net. And the Say Music Care Quest. Quest.musiccare.net. Musiccare.net. Okay. And that's really a great place because it'll take you to everywhere else. And once you get there, you'll know how to spell Protzman, so you won't have to remember it from this podcast. <laughs> and then <laughs> well, you can find everything else. The, the, the spelling of his last name, it's uh, P as in Paul, R, O, T as in Tom, Z is in Zebra, M is in Mary, A is in Apple, N is in Nancy, N is in Nancy. That's me, BillProtzman.com. And You'll find uh, you'll find all the happy music there. It's it's great stuff. It's great. Well, fun. I'm definitely going to check it out, and I'm sure our listeners will too. Thank you so much. You're well, quite an inspiration. I hope so. I hope so. If people are listening and call you and say, "Hey, who was that guy?" Um, fabulous. We've done our job, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you take care, and thank you so much for your time today and coming on. I really enjoyed our interview. You're so welcome, Denise. Thank okay. you, and, and many blessings. Yes, absolutely. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right, that wraps up our show for today. Thank you, everybody, for supporting our show, and we look forward to you listening in again next Wednesday. Until then, please be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?